For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Good morning, everyone. So I want to talk this morning about Dharmakaya practice and spiritual bypass. So um, during the Rohatsu session we did a month ago, the Hoketsu and I led, we were talking about the Samadhi of the Treasury of Radiance, which is an important early Soto Zen teaching from Dogen's disciple Koan Ejo. And uh, there was a lot of resistance that came up. And I want so I want to talk about Dharmakaya teachings and practice. This is foundational to Soto Zen, totally. Uh, Dharmakaya is the reality body of Buddha, the body of Buddha who is simultaneous with the whole universe. So this is about seeing the whole universe as awakened. And many of our basic teachings are uh, in the foundational to Soto Zen are, are from this context. So the teaching of Buddha nature, that all sentient being is Buddha nature, is of the nature of awakening. The self-fulfillment samadhi that I've talked about a lot, where Dogen, our founder in Japan, said that when one person displays the Buddha mudra, expresses Buddha with their whole body and mind, all the whole environment, the whole universe completely awakens. This is totally uh, strange to our usual way of thinking. And yet this is the starting point of our Soto Zen practice. The Avatamsaka Flower Ornament Sutra, which we chant monthly, first uh, Friday evening of the month, is one great source of this. So this is about recognizing wholeness. What I, which I felt the very first time I had Zazen instruction. This sense of everything is okay. The sense of openness, the sense of immediate awakening, our first um, thought of awakening, bodhicitta, awakening mind. This is all Dhammakaya practice. The context of our practice in which Everything is right here, Every, everything everywhere all at once, right here, and it's all perfect, just as it is. This is inconceivable teaching, it's beyond our conceptualization. This is the teaching where we understand, where we hear that zazen, just sitting, is an expression of awakening. It's not a method to attain some fancy experience, some so-called enlightenment sometime in the future. 
everything is right here. Now, this again is foundational to uh, our Soto Zen practice. Just to express Buddha in this body mind, in this place, in this time, in this body is our practice. However, <laughs> when we talked about this in the Hatsu Sashin, numbers of people were um, expressed uh, resistance, <laughs> strong resistance. And uh, Asian, who I see is here online, asked, what about spiritual bypass? Wonderful question. So spiritual bypass is, uh, I don't know, a current term for uh, using spiritual practice, using uh, awareness, awakening, whether it's some experience of wholeness, dramatic or just uh, every day, or whether it's some understanding of it, using that as an excuse to ignore our own karmic suffering, our own ancient twisted karma, and the difficulties of the world around us, of our family and friends and co-workers and, and in the world, and in the world at large. So. Dharmakaya practice is not spiritual bypass. But I need to say more about that. And this kind of practice, uh, Dogen called it just sitting a century before in China. Hongzha called it serene illumination. Uh, many names for it. Again, this, the samadhi of self-fulfillment to use our mind or self-expression, uh, the samadhi of the treasury of radiance. Many, many words for this. And the words, the, the many words, none of them actually catches it. This is inconceivable teaching. It's beyond our conceptualization. And yet this is what zazen actually is, what our zazen actually is. We express awakening here this morning in the cold of Chicago. This body, this mind, with these problems. Um, and going back in history of Soto Zen, it's been criticized. The term spiritual bypass is a modern maybe psychological term, but uh, it, this practice. Uh, was criticized as quietistic uh, by other teachers in China, Linji or Linzai school teachers, uh, who were criticizing Hongzhi's disciples. Uh, so, uh, how do we express this Dharmakaya practice, this practice of this inconceivable practice of wholeness and reality and enjoyment of our lives without ignoring 
orange and twisted carbon without ignoring the suffering of the world? This is the question. Uh, Suzuki Roshi. So this this uh, this issue of Dharmakaya practice goes all through the history of Soto Zen, from our founder Dongshan, who wrote the Jewel Mara Samadhi, who's credited with it, right up to Suzuki Roshi, who said that our practice is constantly losing our balance against the background of perfect balance. Suzuki Roshi said, we're, we're perfect just as we are, just as we is, and yet we need, we need to do a lot of work. So, this inconceivable Dharmakaya practice is wonderful. I mean, really, to just sit and be fully present and just as best we can in this limited body, this limited mind, express everything, express all of Buddha. This is a wonderful practice. And I know that all of you have some taste of it, or else you wouldn't be here. So this sasan is, is an expression of awakening, but not some technique to achieve some special experience in, in the future. This, this uh, Dharmakaya expression practice is the source of our creative energy. And the genius of Soto Zen is that it uh, is a tradition in which we experience and appreciate this wholeness, this Dharmakaya practice, and at the same time know that it is, it is a source for responding to the problems of our life and the problems of our world. So I'm going to give some examples of that. So Hongzhou, who was a century before Dogen in China, most important Zhaodong is in Chinese, a Soto teacher before Dogen, uh, said, the field of boundless emptiness is what exists from the very beginning. We, we need to purify it, brush away tendencies we have fabricated into apparent habits, and then reside in the clear circle of brightness. But he also talks about then how do we use this awareness to express kindness and caring, compassion, support for suffering beings. So uh, He says, totally let go, washed clean and ground to a fine polish, respond with brilliant light to such unfathomable depths as the waters of autumn or the moon, stamped in the sky, then you must know there is a path on which to turn yourself around. When you do turn yourself around, you have no different face that can be recognized. Even if you do not recognize your face, still nothing can hide it. Nobody understood, nothing was hidden. 
when you have thoroughly investigated your roots back to their ultimate source, a thousand or ten thousand sages are no more than footprints on the trail. In wonder, return to the journey, avail yourself of the path, and walk ahead. In light, there's darkness where it operates, no traces remain. With the hundred grass tips in the busy marketplace, graciously share yourself. I'll read that sentence again. With the hundred grass tips, in other words, all phenomena, all beings, in the busy marketplace, the mundane world, graciously share yourself. Wide open and accessible, walking along, casually mount the sounds and straddle the colors while you transcend listening and surpass watching. So graciously share yourself. This is also the heart of Soto Zen practice and the genius of Soto Zen practice. From this experience, we taste or glimpse or have some rough sense of in Zazen, and it develops as we sustain continued Zazen practice. From that place, graciously share yourself. So, uh, in a couple months, uh, late March to late May, I'll be leading a uh, eight-week practice commitment period again um, here at Ancient Dragon, focusing on function. So we'll talk more about function's teaching. I also wanted to give an example of this sense of our practice from Dogen. Um, this is from Ehikoroku's extensive record. The family style of all Buddhas and ancestors, so he doesn't limit it to our Soto Zen lineage. The true family style of all Buddhas and ancestors is first arouse the vow to save all living beings by removing suffering and providing joy. This is the point of our practice. This is the point of Dharmakaya practice. We vow, we vow, this vow is so important, to free all living beings of suffering, remove suffering, and provide joy. There is joy available in this practice. Only this family style, though, continues, is inexhaustibly bright and clear. We first recognize, uh, oh, in the lofty mountains, we see the moon for a long time. So this is literally true, but it's also a metaphor for our extended practice. Sashin practice, practice, period, practice, commitment period, practice, but just <clears throat> even sitting this morning together here in this cold Zendo and online, um, we see the moon. And when we continue this practice, we see the moon for a long time. And the moon is this image of wholeness, perfection, of Dharmakaya, traditionally, in East Asia. And he says, as clouds clear, we first recognize the sky, the openness, the emptiness, the vastness of reality, the vastness of the Dharmakaya, which we are one, each of us, in our own particular way, is one piece of. Then Dogen says, cast loose down the precipice, the moonlight shares itself within the 10,000 forms. 
when we let go, when we... Uh, it's not exactly when we get up from Zazen and go out in the world, but we might see that metaphorically. It's when we uh, return to engage with all the suffering beings, family, friends, co-workers, the people in Israel and Gaza, people in Ukraine, all the people who are suffering now in various ways, in South Chicago and maybe even in North Chicago. So uh, how do we respond to the world's suffering? How do we use the nourishment of Dharmakaya practice? We also, same time, everything, everywhere, all at once, we feel the possibility and the reality of fullness of enjoying our breathing, of it's okay to be who you are with all your problems, with all my problems. It's okay who we are. And yet, we respond to the world's suffering. This is also, again, this is the genius of Soto Zen. We, we, we engage, we deeply feel this Ramakaya reality. And we don't hide from the suffering of the world. No spiritual bypass. Engaging Dharmakaya does not mean that we ignore suffering, even in ourselves. Dogen, at the end of that passage I read, says, even when climbing up the bird's path, flying free, taking good care of yourself is spiritual power. So we use this experience and this understanding of wholeness of the inconceivable. We can't, we can't get our head around the inconceivable. That's by definition. We can't conceive of it. We don't know what it is. And yet we commune with it in Zazen. And we commune with it in Sangha. And working to support each other. Taking care of each other. So, how do we respond to the world's suffering? Next week, I'm going, it is going to talk next Sunday about Martin Luther King Day. And I, Every year I talk about Dr. King and uh, and the problems of this world, um, and I'll and I'll talk about it in, ter in personal terms, in terms of my own uh, practice journey. But you know, there's there's I can name it, and it, we all know it: the rise of fascism in, in this country and the world, the politics of cruelty. So many people oppressed and marginalized. The mass militarization of our country and the world. And the, the American war on Gaza now. Ethnic cleansing and genocide. At the same time that I sympathize with the fears of the people of Israel. So I'll talk about that more next week. But I wanted to add that one of the greatest scholars of Dr. King especially from a Zen perspective, is my good friend Alan Sanaki, who is in the ICU now, um, 
and has he had a recent cardiac arrest, but um, he's been in a coma. But the last I don't know a few days, I think some of the time they lowered the sedatives. He's now awake. He makes eye contact with his family and squeezes their hands. Um, so there's hope, even after very near death, and it may be a long time before his back functioning is at the Gertrude Zen Center. Anyway, uh, having quoted um, Fengshu and Dogen, I want to quote my friend and mentor, Joanna Macy, talking about the world now. She says, this is a dark time filled with suffering and uncertainty like living cells in a larger body, Yamakaya, it is natural that we feel the trauma of our world. Don't be afraid of the anguish you feel or the anger or fear because these responses arise from the depths of our caring and the truth of our interconnectedness with all beings. We're not separate from people in Gaza. We're not separate from women and, and, and those of us who are men. We're not separate from the oppression of women, the oppression of black people and other indigenous people, and of LGBT people that is happening now. It is part of the politics of cruelty in our country. This is the truth of our interconnectedness with all beings. Joanna continues, action isn't a burden to be hoisted up and lugged around on our shoulders. This response is something we are. The work we have to do can be seen as a kind of coming alive. More than some moral imperative, it's an awakening to our true nature, Dharmakaya body, a releasing of our gifts. And each of us has our own special gifts and our own special way, particular way of responding and being helpful in the world. And it's so important now. My friend Jane Hirschfield is a great poet and a, a Zen practitioner trained at Asahara and Greenwich. Recently talked about how we need to feel the grief in our situation. We need to feel the grief and fear and grieve before finding hope. So this is a difficult time. And yet we have this, this uh, nourishment, this support from Dharmakaya practice, from just glimpsing, communing with the wholeness of reality that is still here.
so we can enjoy the wholeness teaching. Teaching of the samadhi of the treasury of radiance, as the Lamecha talks about. This is support and nourishment for how we can each respond appropriately to help relieve suffering and provide joy for each other and ourselves and those in trouble with problems of the world. We can act helpfully. In trouble. The trouble of our world. Yeah. So we can act helpfully to in our own lives, in our own particular limited body mind, to help the damaged world and to help heal the world. To heal the world. This is part of our, this is our Bodhisattva practice too. So I can keep babbling about all of this. And, you know, just to say again, how wonderful it is to be alive. And maybe all the people who come to Ancient Dragon are relatively privileged and not victims of act of cruelty and oppression, which so many of our fellow beings, not just human, are suffering, but also we can respond. We can try and respond helpfully. We can feel the poss- the, the, not just the possibility, but the reality of Buddha nature of awakeness all around us. So, um, we have a little bit of time. Comments, questions, responses, people online too. Um, oh, can you help me call on those people? I can obviously see uh, a few of them on the screen. Mm-hmm. And people in the room, comments, questions, responses. I see Asian on my little screen here, and I wonder if this helps with your question about, your wonderful question about spiritual bypass. Yes, it does. Tagan, thank you. Um, Thank you for a really helpful talk. I actually didn't know you were going to be talking about this today, but my thoughts were turning to Zen and healing um, earlier. And I wonder if you could say anything more about how we can be with what the, you know, the causes and conditions that are here and also maybe um, use our energy to help with transformation and healing. Thank you. Yes, that's the question. What do we do? (laughs) So the word healing is interesting. I think it has the same, has, Etymology that goes back to the 
to the also to the root of wholeness, to make whole, to heal, to um, repair injury. How do we do that? So uh, there's a whole other talk I could give on skillful means and the practice of skillful means and the Bodhisattva path. And it, it means it, it, it's not about having the perfect answer to solve, to fix. You know, our, our culture, our consumerist culture, you know, we, we, we get caught up in fixing things, you know, and uh, making everything, making everything, everything is perfect. And also, when we see all the damage, how do we fix all of that? And that, I don't think that's exactly the point. It's not problem solving. It's just, it's more immediate than that. So how do we feel, as Jane Herschel said, and grieve for the trouble in the world and the trouble in our lives and the trouble with our friends? And, and then what can we do? And again, there's not one right Skillful means is there's not one right formula or instruction manual. It's each one of us has our own uh, healing gifts. Each one of us has ways in which we can respond. And they vary. They're very different. But um, and, and it's not about doing it perfectly. We uh, It's trial and error. You know, it's we make mistakes. It's important to make mistakes. Try and make good mistakes rather than wrong mistakes. <laughs> Try and make mistakes that don't make things too much worse. But we're going to make mistakes. That's also our life. And that's included in the Dharmakaya. So, um, so we each do what we are moved to do to help out in each and our own way. And so many people in our Sangha are doing helpful work in various different ways. So I see Dr. Chris Cadman, who's part of our Sangha, and is a, uh, helps as a doctor with people in hospice. Chris, you have a question? A comment? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Um, I, in listening to, uh, your talk, my my struggle is um, really with I think with the word healing, um, and the sense of healing is not necessarily and actually to me is not making whole or perfect. Okay. Um, it's you know reducing suffering is is a form of healing, but it's not making perfect. It's not making whole, and the other kind of related question is, is that joy? Is reducing suffering necessarily joy? So that, that makes sense at all. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. So, again, it's not fixing, it's not making things perfect. They're already perfect, including all of the difficulties. So that's... Uh, so your work, your profession, helping uh, helping people who are in hospice or dying, 
and using your medical profession to do that. It doesn't healing doesn't mean that everything that you make it that you fix everything, right? It's our effort, our our response, our working to be kind. Compassion is not about fixing everything, it's about just expressing compassion in the world. And that is uh, seems to be contagious, this Bodhisattva practice. So our efforts at uh, helping. And I, 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 uh, I understand your question about the word healing. And healing doesn't mean necessarily fixing. It means trying to help, healing a little. So, um, yeah, um, I don't know if that, that helps, Chris, but uh, we have a few hands on, on Zoom. I don't know if there's anybody in the room, but um, I think David Weiner was first, if you can briefly express your comment or question. Yes, if, if I may, I'm, I'm, I'm commenting a little bit on Chris, and then I also have a question. Um, as a, hospice, a little bit louder, David, please. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, I, uh, it's not so much, you know, I'm not going to heal a, di- a dying person. You know, I've been in rooms where the person was already comatose and on, you know, intubated or some form of, you know, vent- ventilator. Uh, and they may not even hear me. Uh, I've been with people who are who are awake. It's a matter of being in the room and having everyone have some sense of connection. For me, it, that's the key word. Uh, we often live in worlds of delusion, and how can we connect with the ultimate reality? Uh, so it's more about, for me, not so much healing, but connections. Good. Uh, if I may. Um, yeah. Well, I, okay, if, if you have something else quickly. Yeah, no, no, go ahead, you comment. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, connecting is the point, yes. It's not about uh, fixing. It's about, rec- and we already are connected. That's the point of Dharmakaya teaching. That's the point of the samadhi of the treasury of radiance. The radiance is here. It's here. We are connected. How do we recognize that? Yes. Yes. How do we come back to that? So thank you yeah. very much, David. Uh, Nyozan uh, has a comment. Uh, yes, good morning. Um, good morning. I... If you'll excuse me for saying so, I feel a little bit of um, disappointment in your talk this morning in the sense that I, and I, I'm not a psychologist, nor do I play one on TV. I may not understand what the term spiritual bypassing actually means, but um, as you quoted Suzuki Roshi, the world is perfect as it is, and you know it has a lot of work or something like that. As I remember the quotation, it was, you are perfect as you are, and you need a lot of work. Yeah. And um, meaning me, you, everybody. Um, when I, in preparation for hearing your talk, perused um, 
you know, just casually online definitions of spiritual bypassing. In every instance, the emphasis was on uh, developmental issues, unresolved psychological issues, um, unresolved um, interpersonal conflicts, all these kinds of things. Now, we can and we do in our service um, acknowledge our ancient twisted karma. How do I put my hand down here? I'll figure it out later. Um, we acknowledge our ancient twisted karma. I myself have come to feel like this in itself can be a form of spiritual bypassing in that we sort of say, okay, we got problems, and then we move on. And we don't actually do the work of attending to our own psychological um, mess, our own neuroses, our own stuff. Um, we don't turn away from the world. This is a very strong aspect of um, Soto teaching, and uh, and that may be an aspect of spiritual bypassing. But as I understand the term, I think you rather underemphasize that part and overemphasize the Dharmakaya part, and that that's. The issue that comes up when we talk about spiritual bypassing. So, um, yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I'm making a slightly critical comment, but um, I would appreciate your response. Well, thank you, Nyozan. Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to make light of the difficulty of responding to the difficulties of the world and the difficulties of our own body and mind. And it's, and it, yes, and it's, our body-mind. Let's talk about our body-mind, our body-mind. Yes, each, this is personal for each of us, and it's also the world. So um, I'm tempted to call on Asian to um, comment, since she brought up the term, and I am not a psychologist, uh, but I, I appreciate your, your saying this. It's not, it, not something to take lightly. It's, it's work. How do we take care of ourselves and our relationships and our being in the world? It's not, it's not simple. It's not easy. And yet I do feel that this Dharmakaya teaching and this practice of Zaza is a support and a nourishment for doing that. Ishan, do you have any quick comments in response? Um, so... I would want, I really would want to give my comments more thought, but, um, but I do agree with Nyozan that, um, my understanding of spiritual bypassing is when we gloss over our own, you know, ancient twisted karma, our own actions and, Kind of focus on you know like the oneness it's it's a little bit like you know zen sickness or the stink of zen although it, it doesn't i don't think it comes from the zen tradition i think it comes from the tibetan tradition um and now i've forgotten what i was going to say but i think it's i think it's it's very difficult and it's something that requires discernment by each person and possibly talking about our practice or our lives with a teacher or with others whom we trust to um, tell us the truth 
because it's very, very tricky. Um, there is suffering in, in the world and there is suffering um, in ourselves. And a certain percentage, a certain amount of that is, I think, unavoidable. You know, we, we are subject to old age, sickness and death. But as spiritual practitioners, I think we do have a responsibility to look at our actions and their impact on the world, but their impact also on those closest to us. And um, to not just say, hey, yeah, you know, it's a, everything is perfect just as it is, but to, but to, it's 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 really a it's a um it's a tension that I think that we all have to hold, and that's maybe all I'm uh, qualified to say at this time. Thank you, Ishan. Thank you, Neosan. Yes, there's a creative tension about all this. How do we function and respond in our own troubled lives and in our troubled world? And yet, I do think that there's a support and nourishment available in our practice. Uh, Nicholas has had his hand up. Yeah, so Nicholas, uh, uh, last, last person, almost out of time. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I have a comment, but I, I just want to address the spiritual bypassing thing, because I've used that term for many years. Um, and what I've met, meant by it and, and uh, what I um, took that the many people that have used that term also meant by it is it's describing a type of person, a person, um, kind of a new agey type person who, you know, like if you tell them, oh, I'm really depressed, they'll say, well, change your thoughts. You know, they have all this sort of bumper sticker, um, kind of uh, uh, philosophies that they just dole out, you know, <laughs> unrequested, you know. Um, so it's it's yeah it's just a, a person who is afraid of of dealing with their own suffering so they skate above um and they're just into the light and love and you know that kind of stuff so that's yes, yes go ahead that's what i mean uh, by spiritual bypassing so i i was um watching i i watched uh, a lot of videos on youtube physics videos and i i saw this one recently um where they discovered that um when light particles are observed, they behave differently. And this was sort of a revelation to scientists. Uh, I think they've um, made it clear that other particles behave differently too when they're observed. And I just uh, wondered how, you know, that, um, what the implication you know, what is the implication to our practice? You know, that that we are paying attention, we are observing, that's kind of what we do in Zazen. We're paying attention to the world, we're paying attention to the body-mind, we're paying attention to our breath, emotions, thoughts, pain in the body, all of it. So, by definition, it's going to change things, even according to, you know, physics. So... I just so my question is, uh, what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's 
basic for our practice that when we paying attention something changes it this I, I know that this has been demonstrated in scientific experiments by physicists more recently but the Heisenberg principle goes back to uh, physicist Heisenberg that when you as you said when you pay attention to a particle when you pay attention to a problem when you give your caring to a situation that changes it some, in some way. It doesn't necessarily heal or fix it, but it makes a difference. So all of our practice of working towards healing, I don't know what, what were other words to say, um, and I, I appreciated Chris's question of healing, but when we pay attention to our life, the details of our life, and Zazen tends to uh, help us do that, and, uh, and and our world, it makes a difference. And it's not that, you know, and if enough people are doing that, may it be so, and maybe we'll make a bigger difference. So, yes, thank you. I appreciate your bringing that. Yeah, and I just want one quick thing. It's like the impact that we have on other people or the world or the problems of the world is is very mysterious, and we can't really know what that impact is. That's right. It's inconceivable. We don't necessarily know what the result or impact of our practice is. That's important. That's an important point. We can we may we may think that we're that what we're doing is not helpful. Um, we you know sometimes we can feel that way. But um, yeah the the outcome isn't the, we don't know the outcome of our practice, and that's okay. But our effort to support, to relieve suffering, support joy, support kindness, does make a difference. And how, you know, and sometimes it's many years later before we see the impact of it. So thank you very much, Nicholas.